I'll start recording. Okay. It is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch, the third, coming to you live from the palatial studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Irvine, California, for another episode of Not Quite After Midnight. Joining me from a more than acceptable safe social distance are my guests for this evening, <laughs> DC Glenn, back again, and uh, Marlene Giron, the soft G. Right. <laughs> I've been mispronouncing it all week. Right. <laughs> How's everybody doing? How are you guys doing this evening? Peachy. I'm doing good. <laughs> good, good, good. Arlene. Yeah. Please explain your backdrop. Because I can't oh, see it all the way, but I gather everybody else can see it. Let this is see. my, this is the cover, which uh, I just re-released this past January. Um, I also have uh, <laughs> oh, accessories. Can't quite see the accessory. It's, uh, it's oh, deeper. sorry. Well, you got the you got the backdrop behind me. It's probably coming out backwards, though. It no, says no, the victor. It's coming, it's coming out forward. Oh, good, great. Yeah. To me, it looks backwards. Yeah, that's that's how it works. <laughs> we all get the hang. We all go get the hang of this one. Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what 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 um what? I'm interested because what are the trials and tribulations you're having and being a book author let's just start with the with the ugly well this book i started writing on a typewriter in 1980 and it really the first time it got published was in 2009 and really the hardest thing you don't make money off it unless you're in the top one percent of bestsellers you know um so i have to work a full-time job for a living mm -hmm. um it's just getting the word out really is the hardest you can you know be on all social media you can promote it and really it's only word of mouth um by people who've read the book and tell others oh you got to read this book you know um where it becomes you know popular and my goal is not so much to become a bestseller because i wrote this book for a specific reason um i'm jewish in background mm -hmm. and I, I was raised in a very non-religious home mm -hmm. and in junior high um the jesus movement started and i started getting hit on by jesus freaks you know walking home from school and and you know witnessing to me and i'm like leave me alone i'm jewish and um to make a long story short i ended up becoming one in 1977 after watching jesus of nazareth on tv mm -hmm. and <clears throat> Three years later, I got the idea from for this book from an Amy Grant song called Fairy Tale. And so this book is my way to share the love of God and the gospel in a format um, that Jesus of Nazareth did for me. Um, it's emotional. There's no mention of God or religion anywhere in the book, but it's basically a parable. It's a medieval love story and it has scripture references. And so my goal with this book is to just reach people who are like I was um, with the gospel. Don't want to be witness to, won't go to church, won't read the Bible. I think everybody, I think there, there are a lot of people like that because when you get older, <clears throat> your faith is, is questioned in different ways. 
and there's just not one way to do it all, right? And if you can if you can keep your faith intact and keep it solid, but not trying to, like you said, trying to preach to everybody, trying to, um, you know, spread the word a word in a way that is off-putting to people. Because some people do that anyway, and they don't care because they think they're worthy or they think they've been ordained. But, you know, the object is to bring more sheep, you know, bring more sheep into the flock, right? And to have people think at it, you know, think about it in different perspectives where they do get something good out of their life because all the stories are are good, you know, that the stories are guidelines to help you live your life better, right? So if you can write that through a book and not preach to people, mm-hmm. that's to be a same uh, same message, different words. Same message, different words. Right. I just I fell in love with Jesus watching Jesus of Nazareth. It was I got so emotionally wrapped up in it. And right during the crucifixion scene, I gave my life to the Lord. You know, I went, I it was like a miracle. It was just like that. And um, but I used to witness, you know, I used to commute on a bus up to LA for to the Fashion Institute, and I used to hand out tracks to people, and I used to try, and it doesn't work. Mm-mm. That doesn't work. It just people, you know, people are like this. Okay. And so I've discovered that you know, you you have to build a relationship mm-hmm. with somebody and you have to have credibility. You have to be living your life in a way that they're not going to think you're a hypocrite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my old pastor you know? used, to, uh, used to say, uh, don't tell me about your religion. Tell me about your relationship. Right. Right. And I'm, I'm very passionate about it. I share with people at work um, if when the opportunity presents itself. I don't push it on people. Um, every Christmas, you know, I, I make gifts for people. I make poppy seed loaves or I make some kind of home crafted gift and I give it out to everybody. And of course I include from Isaiah, you know, unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given to share, you know, in a way where it's like being shoved down their throat. Yep. I, I, I totally understand because I grew up, um, Catholic, right? And went to Catholic school, was an altar boy, the whole nine. And I've always still, you know, I've always been um, a spiritual person. Faith has always been strong. But when you get older, your faith gets tested in a lot of ways. Because life mm-hmm. happens. Right. Happened and you're in a kind of situation that I'm in, a lot of life happens. So you, you, <laughs> you get to have a lot of fun. You're doing a lot of things that you shouldn't. But what keeps you from going over the edge is, you know, me, is what my parents taught me, and them being the example of faith has kept me kept straight and narrow because I don't want to disappoint them because they raised me correctly. It's very rare to hear people say that they, you know, parents raised them correctly, you know. What I mean? But I've been that blessed where I understand that. My parents did an incredible job at raising me into the man I am, and I am forever grateful. And faith has a lot to do with it. So. Yeah, and my parents had no faith at all. You know, my all, my entire family's Jewish, mm-hmm. and my mom died at 104 in my arms, and she finally came to the Lord at age 100 when she thought she was going to die then. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like, don't preach Jesus to me. You don't preach. Talk about Jesus at my funeral and come back. And, you know, she just didn't want anything to do with it. And the one good thing I could say about her having dementia was that she forgot her Jewish bias <laughs> against Jesus. And so when she was 100 and she thought she, she <clears throat> that was she was going to die, my husband asked her, you know, do you want to be baptized? And she was in the hospital and she said, yes, because everybody's coming to say goodbye and I'm crying. And um, she made a profession of faith. And I thought that would never happen. I never thought it would happen. And she lived to 104. One day after her birthday, she died in my arms while I sang Amazing Grace over her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I told her, go be with Jesus. She died peacefully. And, you know, ever since she made that confession of faith at age 100, I had total peace about where she would be. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was a miracle, you know, that I never thought I would see. Yeah. And I'm um, still praying for the rest of my family. You know, um, you can believe in anything as a Jew except Jesus. You know? <laughs> That's all you do is pray for him. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. people get stuck in their ways and people, you know, they stop. I think what happens to a lot of people is life starts passing them by, right? And certain traits and certain behaviors are the things that kind of do them in and keep them stuck in life. Then they become bitter, right? You know, one is pride, one is ego. And I just watched a lot of pride kill a lot of people, right? Just not being able to let go of your pride is the biggest I mean, that is the that is the greatest downfall of man to me. Right? It's the number one sin, that's the top rated sin, you know, in, pro, in, pro, in Proverbs, you know, and that's what made Satan fall was pride. Yeah, and if you can't admit when you're wrong and if you can't see things the other way and, and you know, if somebody's trying to intervene and tell you something about yourself, you can you cannot believe them. But I try to tell people, you know. <laughs> Take the other approach. Think, what if they were right? But all the stuff that they're saying about me, what would they do? What would I do about it? And that's kind of how I live my life. Mm-hmm. So when I, I so I, when you do that, you know, you can kind of self-police yourself. Because I know when I'm getting out of hand with my ego, I know because I'm a man and I get to, you know, I'm, I've had a good career and I'm successful. So... I'm going, you know, pop my chest out a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to be a little confident sometimes, right? What is your, what is your career? <laughs> I made a song back in the day called Whoop, There It Is. And I made the um, Geico commercial last year about ice cream with sprinkles at the end. So I have a lot of fun. I'm an actor. I'm a voice artist and a motivational speaker. And I love my life because I get to do a bunch of things a little bit. So none of them become a job. So I have just had a good run and I constantly love to learn. And learning is what keeps me going because really that's the only thing left, right? I've done a lot, traveled all over the world, but I love to learn because I get to help other people with what I learn. And people ask me all the time, DC, what is it that you want? It's like, I want mastery, right? But mastery is one of those things that can't be obtained. But the path to it will always bear fruit, right? So I'm always striving to be better, a better man tomorrow than I am today. 
and treat people good and just learn and help people. Um, you know, right now, <clears throat> I think the favorite thing I love to do is digital marketing, right? And I'm not talking about social media. I'm talking about how Google works, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I like to talk to people because I ask them, you know, that's why I wanted to hear the ugly first because a lot of authors, you know, you told me what you you perceive the book world to be. It's about, um, you know, it's about word of mouth, but there's another way, right? And most authors don't know this way. And the key to it is, is, um, cause I- I'm, SEO? <clears throat> huh? SEO marketing? But it's more than that, right? Like SEO can be, okay, well, S, what, what is SEO, right? What is, um, what, how does it pertain to, to an author? So, you know, a lot of times if you're coming, it depends on where you are and, you know, in your career as far as being an author. So if you start from scratch, well then you have to let Google, like Google is a child. So you have to let Google know who you are first. Right. right? So letting Google know who you are is as simple as writing a Wikipedia page. Right now, everybody will go try to write a Wikipedia page, but it'll get taken down because you have to write it a certain way. Right. right. I'm actually using a company to help me do this. Huh? I'm actually using a company to help me do this. This, uh, this guy's familiar with all this stuff. Yeah. So when you, but here's the thing I went, I, I wanted to, tr- you know, take a Wikipedia class, right? And it ended up being a Wikidata class. And Wikidata is basically creating all the references for Wikipedia you'll ever need, right? So, Wiki Wiki Wikidata is like a job application, basically. Mm-hmm. And you just dump all of your stuff in there: where you went to school, how old you are, who your parents are, all those things. And what happens is there are going to be some things out there that are going to click. Like, are you on? Are you an Amazon publisher? Yeah. Okay. Are you on Google Books? Things like that, right? Like, what plat? What are all the platforms you want? Are you on Twitter, Instagram, I Facebook? Huh? Oh, I Google. I've been also having press releases that I copied uh, Bill Hatch on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going out to all the radio stations, newspapers, Google. I've gotten. Um, I got a media report, and, and I got like three times. Uh, what the minimum would be as far as like hits and uh, clicks. Uh, Do you have a website? Yep, thevictorbook.com. Is your website optimized in your opinion? I believe so. Okay. <clears throat> you gotta understand, I also work full time. Nah, but-, but I'm know, in the office three days a week, so hey, I'm hey, Let me tell you, your mind is always free. You know what I mean? That's how I look at it, because I'm constantly busy all the time. But you have to, you have to, you have to, like, kind of. Um, how could I, how should I say this? If you could shorten your learning curve, that compensates for the time that you think you don't have, right? Work smarter, not harder. Yeah, or and and but it takes years to kind of master that, right? So what I do. I join organizations, right? Mm-hmm. 
because organizations are filled with people who have been doing their thing for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and they're masterful at it, and they can't wait to tell you how to do something. Right? <laughs> they can't wait because they're, they're masters at it. They're not in an organization if they're not trying to help you. And see, outside of organizations, you'll find that people are kind of trying to hate on you. People are not really trying to help you like you would like. They want to charge you for it. In an organization, everybody gives so freely. I'm a part of about 25 different organizations. I'm a part of a grant writers association. I'm a part of all kinds of different associations because you have to create things to help you get what you want out of life. There is no one way to do things, right? Like me being in a grant grant writers association, what would you think? Why does you want to be in a grant writers association? Really, <clears throat> I was trying to help a single mom out, and I was like sending her stuff, and she would read it, and but she didn't really understand how certain things could help her. And I was like, you need somebody who knows how to write this stuff, a grant writer. And I said, okay, I'm gonna join this organization. I'm gonna learn it. And I joined this organization, Grant Writers Association of America. And I joined it to learn about grants, but I'm supposed to join it to become a grant writer. And then I found out about grants and my conceptions of grant. Everything I thought about grants was wrong. Because most people, they'll tell you, grants are this, grants are that. And they're like, okay. And you, you regurgitate that. And when I got in that organization, I found out that, you know, most people would tell me, well, the grants are by the governments and the grants go from federal to state to local municipality. By the time it gets down to you, there's nothing left. And I'm like, okay, so you're giving me, you're telling me a reason to give up because <laughs> that's what people are going to always tell you until you mm -hmm. go find it out yourself. I go to this grant writing organization. And only 20% of the grants come from the government. The other 80% come from everywhere. And I checked the other day, there's 4,000 grants out there right now. And I'm like, wait a minute. Let me, I, I, I came across one, being able to talk to disadvantaged youth. I was like, that's perfect because I'm looking for places to get in front of people to talk so I can get footage to put my demo reels together for motivational speaking, right? And if I can, now I'm in a grant writing association. If there's a grant that I want, I've got a thousand writers who make tons of money writing for grants because they understand the game. Mm -hmm. So now I can get a grant to go talk to, you know, people in detention. You get a grant to go talk to single moms or you know, anything that's within your wheelhouse to talk to people. And now I get that whole thing funded to start my new career later on as a motivational speaker, telling everybody things that I've learned in my life because I thought differently, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't think the same way. So that's why I love coming on these type of situations because I learn more from talking about it. I mean, I'm about to perform this week in front of all the buyers in the industry. Uh, it's called the International Entertainment Buyers Association. About five years ago, every booking agent was like, well, you only got one song and it's old and blah, blah, blah. They gave me every reason why they couldn't help me instead of one reason why they should, right? And I said, okay, I'm gonna leapfrog all them and I'm going to join this organization. And this organization is where all the buyers are. 
you got your hierarchy, you got your live, you know, the 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 venues, you got your 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 promo, you know, your your people who put on concerts, you got ice capades, you got rodeos, you got state fairs, you got all these people who are the buyers of entertainment. And then you got your it, you know, you got your big time promoters. Then you got the very the, the mom and pop promoters, the very people that were telling me that I couldn't do something. Then you got your managers. Then you got me. I cut out the middle, and I went straight to the bars because I joined this organization and they taught me everything. And I went from doing five shows a year to doing almost fifty. That's cool. You see what I'm saying? Because I went to the <clears> convention, <throat> had a big "Womp There It Is" T-shirt on. Me and Chubby Checker, the only black dudes in there. <laughs> People, yeah, me and Chubby Checker. People start walking up to me like, "Man, what are you doing? Man, I love that song. What are you guys doing today?" Like, well, we have a clean '90s nostalgia experience, and I'm just trying to, you know, meet people and network and get, you know, get some shows out there. And I tell you, in organizations, everybody's trying to help. You need to talk to this guy. You need to talk to this guy. He owns all the hard rock cafes. Now, I, you know. It's the perfect timing because we do a lot of shows anyway. But now I'm about to perform in front of 5,000 buyers in the entire entertainment field worldwide because this is the first big conference after the pandemic. They're all going to be there. Last year they had a virtual, eh, people want to hug each other. <laughs> they just do, yeah. right? And now I'm about to be front and center because I paid to perform in front of all these bars because you have to get in front of the people that can pay you, right? Everybody's trying to make people like them. It's like, I don't need 100,000 people to like me. Just need 100 people to pay me. That's why I think differently. That's why I joined these organizations. I mean, I, I, could, I could run down the list of every single organization I'm in and the reason I got into it. And it has not, it, it really has nothing to do with more than Oh, that's interesting. I want to learn about it. And the way I learn about it is join the organization because in two weeks I can learn about it. Then it's about your hustle, right? So if I were to be an author, I'd probably be in about three different organizations on how to be an author, right? And go to these conventions and let people know who I am. And somebody's going to tell you how to do this the right way. And a bunch of people are going to tell you how. They're not going to, you know, you don't want people to promise you stuff. Like I don't, I don't expect anybody to do anything for me. I think when you get that out of your head, everything is open for you because you're willing to do whatever, you're willing to do the work to do what it takes to get where you need to be, right? You, you, and, and that doesn't mean, a lot of people think that just means physically working, but it's not physically working. It's being a child again and putting those blocks together. Right, it's playing with Legos. It's, it's building something, mm -hmm. and I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in a mastermind on Monday, on Mondays, right? Like I just join things to talk to people and and get in these 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 uh incubators and just try to feel what people are doing. And a lot of people are still stuck in doing things the way they did before the pandemic. Before the pandemic, and the pandemic changed the world. It's different now, right? Yeah. So you know. I, I say all this because hopefully I can, you know, spark something in you, kind of just think about what you're trying to do a little differently because obviously you have a great book. And I know you believe that the world needs to read it. And 
that's going to be up to you. And I'm just trying yeah. to give you a little. Yeah, the only, the only issue is like when you're when you're not traditionally published, you kind of hit a brick wall uh, in terms of opportunity. Like I've gotten this book in the hands literally of former President Bush, Sarah Palin, Scotty McCreary of American Idol. I have a picture of Nicholas Sparks holding it at one of his book signings 10 years ago. Um, Rick Warren of Saddleback, you know, uh, Amy Grant knows about it. I met her, you know, her song inspired it. And it's just like, it just hit against a brick wall because it's self-published, you know. But let me ask you this. Were you expecting people to help you? No. And so then you good. Like, once you realize nobody's going to help you, it's up to you, right? And right. And I, I've done book signings. I mean, I'm very good. At, I've had 20 book signings. I averaged 20 books a book signing. I just had one last June. Mm -hmm. I sold 17 books in an hour. And, I'm, you know, I'm unknown. So that's very good. Mm -hmm. um, but... You know, I've I've gone to book fairs. I did the LA Book Festival, and honestly, I don't break even at any of these things that I do. You know, you to get there, you got to pay for the stuff that you set up. To yep. 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 I, 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 hey, I understand it. <laughs> you got to pay to play. Right? Yeah. Right. And it's you know, it doesn't. Um, it does. And I'm on TikTok. You know, I I I don't understand how TikTok works. How the, anything I do on TikTok. Or Instagram translates into book sales. <laughs> Honestly, I just don't get it. Okay, so so, see, and that's the thing. Everybody thinks that that's what's going to do it for them, and it, it's it's a false narrative, right? Because social media is a complement to SEO, right? Right. It, it it doesn't work unless you know Google knows who you are. See, you're you you're trying to make you, you can't try to make everybody know who you are. If Google doesn't know who you are, right? No, and Google does. I mean, I, I've had several press releases, and we've had keywords in there. The la latest one was "Rings of Power" because you know that's a very popular show on uh, uh, Amazon right now. And then also homeschool because I created a lesson plan to go with this book. I worked with a teacher. I had the book Lexile scored. It's worth 15 AR points. And uh, my website has a free downloadable student workbook. So the next press release that goes out is going to be the homeschool mm -hmm. uh, community. And that's huge because a lot of parents are starting to yank their kids out of school. They don't like what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. I just finished the press release. I'm dropping in the morning. But see, the, the thing about press releases is it's okay. So all these things have to work in synergy, right? And that's kind of where people get it mixed up because... You can't do one thing and not do everything else well, right? So you can't do the SEO, but then not post. You can't not, you know, do social media, but then not have your website optimized. You can't, you know, the whole point is to let Google know who you are and then when, and then have your, your website optimized and then have entities out there about yourself, which are, you know, you've got... Wikipedia, you got Wikidata, you have uh, Dipipedia. These are entities that Google trusts the most, right? So if you're on those and Google knows who you are, then not only does Google put you in places that you should be, but Google goes out in the universe and brings everything out that's randomly just floating in the air that's about you back to you, which right. means more authority, right? 
And then we, we need to talk. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm masterful at it. But there, it is, there's very simple things that you could do. Because I could tell you right now, if I type in your name and you have no knowledge panel, you're doing yourself a disservice. Knowledge panel is that big rectangle on the right side that you see with a lot of people. That's, that's, the, that's the cat and the laser pointer. Always and forever, the cat will chase the laser pointer, right? You should be able to type in your name, and it's called a SERP. The page, your, your brand page is called a SERP, right? So your SERP should have everything that everybody needs to know about you because it's about branding yourself. Nobody else is going to see you if you can't see yourself. Right. right. So that is really the most important thing. Now, you can, what you can't is one thing you got to do. There's got to be a lot of synergy across the board. Um, like a lot of stuff that you're supposed to do, I don't even do, but I know how everything works so I can just write good copy. And that takes care of a lot of it. But see, what happens is Google, it's a moving target. Google always changes its algorithm, right? Mm-hmm. So Google, Google's like the feds. They'll let you be criminals for a long time. They'll study. They'll say, okay, let them have his fun. Let them have their fun. So they build in the case on you. And then when it's time to pull the trigger, their cases win. Dang, they're 100% of the time. Google's the same way. They let everybody do all this cheating. Everybody do come with these newfangled ways of getting traffic and all this and all that. Then they just, blow, change the whole thing, and then everybody's websites fall. But if your fundamentals are correct and you did it correctly, because Google gives you the recipe, because Google's a robot. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have feelings. It doesn't care about what you've done or how you sell stuff. Google is a robot. And you're given the recipe. So what are you going to be, a short-order cook or a five-star Michelin chef, right? And I choose the latter. So that's all I've been doing for the last 12 years is studying the ability to get in front of the people pages. Because that, in essence, is what it is. If you have a book about spirituality, you don't mean there's millions of people out there that want to be in front, that you can be in front of, that will buy your book. So you have to be able to get in front of people and see that's the part that peaked, that's the disconnect. It's like a lot of people think that they have to be in front of people and be popular and that's what's going to make them sell a lot of books. But it's like, you're forgetting that you're, if you typed in, if you were looking for your book, what would you type in? There's if, a lot of, uh, I know, but a lot of books with you. the same title. If you know, okay, but not you, but you know, what's the, what, what's the content and what's, what's the one thing in your book that you want to impart on people. So what would you type in? What would that be that you're looking for? If you were looking for you? Um, well, the top search, I think, would be historical fiction. Okay, so historical fiction. Now, that's only one one thing, right? If that's a question, I'm looking for a book on historical fiction. There are a thousand ways to ask that same question. See what I'm saying? There are different words and different questions that add up to the same thing, right? So if, and you can't possibly even think about it, but there's software out there that can bring you back all those words, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, I did, okay, perfect example. I'm redoing my brother's website, dental website. 
and we were having this little debate. And he's just like, you know, he's like, why aren't you putting pediatric dentistry? I was like, well, because he's like, it's called pediatric dentistry. I said, okay, but, and, and that's fine, but that's all you dentists <laughs> asking for that, okay? If a child busts his tooth and his mama is upset about it, she's going to call and say, I, she's going to go to Google and she's like, I need to find a kid's dentist. I need to find a child, children's dentistry. I need to find a doctor who can take out my kid's teeth. Those keywords have more volume than you could ever imagine. And they're easy to get because everybody's thinking about something else. There mm-hmm. are, there are 30,000 ways to ask the same question. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. If you know, if you know what your book is about, there's somebody that's that the way you explained your book to me at first, right? spirituality without preaching there's people looking for that there's people looking for a way to get in like you got in and give their life to jesus christ but not without all the bells and whistles right mm-hmm. there are all kind of people out there think about the different shades of people and different types of people that could possibly fall in your journey because you wrote this book because of you from your heart right, right. You think you're the only one that feels this way? Mm-mm. Exactly. Those Especially are- after COVID, I think people are yes. really those searching are- and need it. In front of. And- if you don't get in front of those people, that's where you're missing, right? Because you're going to be right on time. It's fiction. Some, that might be a keyword, or it might not. But I can tell you, when when you look at authors that have similar material to yours and they're successful, I can go and look at their whole site, emulate everything that they do, and know if they're doing it right. And then I can go to their competition, and then I can look at all the keywords in that whole little field, that whole little nugget. And now I've got a thousand keywords that they're not even thinking about. Because Google ranks you according to your, it's called semantic relevancy, mm-hmm. right? If it's almost like synonyms, right? If you're writing and you've got a healthy uh, plethora of synonyms, you're going to have some, you're, gonna, you're, you're not going to use the same word over and over again. Right. right? That's the key. You got you to gotta be able to use all those synonyms because behind all those synonyms, synonyms are a thousand people that want your product. You just have to get in front of them. But see, everybody else is over. Everybody's thinking, I got to be over here. I got to be over here. So when you say you do a TikTok, who does your TikTok reach? You don't even know who your TikTok reach because you're just blindly throwing it out there. Right. But if you knew what your audience was, then you could use certain key keywords and turn them into uh you turn them into hashtags, and now you, and, and not the big hashtags, but the smaller hashtags, because if it's a big hashtag, the hashtag flow is going to be too fast, right? right? But if you do the milder ones, two, three, five, six, seven people going to see you. And if you do that on a, because if you sold 10 books a day, and then it gets to 20 books a day because people like your book, and then somebody, like, you have to create all of this yourself, right? 
And I'm not saying you got to do it the way I would do it. I'm just saying there is always a way. What do you say in Jurassic Park? Life finds a way. I say hustle finds a way. <laughs> you got to think different. You got to break it down. You got, I mean, it, it it is. That's why I just love life because I, I realized that you get one life. And in that life, you make choices. And my choice is I'm going to ride this thing to the wheels fall off because I've been blessed with talent. And then I've been, you know, I'm just a type of person that every traumatic thing that happens to me, I turn it into treasure. I just don't react to it. Plenty mm-hmm. of, life is baked in the cake. Things are going to happen. Oh, yeah. But just can't react to them. Well, how do you do that? It's like, well, you be depressed and keep it moving, too. Hey, if you're depressed, you still got to go to work, don't you? Yep. Yeah, I just uh, answer. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to have a blog called Kvetching with Marlene. Kvetching, you know, you know what Kvetching is, right? It's, it's a Yiddish term for bitching. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I created a blog because everyone at work, you know, please tell me how you're doing. You know, put, you know, all my relatives, I'm like, please tell me. And it's like, I can't sit and call all these people on a day, weekly basis and let them know what's going on. So I created the blog, you know, uh, and it was uh, about, you know, how I'm doing on my breast cancer treatment stuff, but I wanted to also use it as an opportunity to share my faith. Yeah. So um, I did that and um, it doesn't necessarily talk about breast cancer and most of the posts are humorous. Um, And I'm part of these groups on Facebook. Uh, I'm in a clinical trial for these drugs. Mm -hmm. And so I joined a group on Facebook for that um, who who are a bunch of women all over the world who are on these hormone blocking drugs that I'm now on. Mm-hmm. And so I posted, you know, I'm going to be part of this clinical trial and um, here's a blog post about it. I got visits from all over the world, literally. Yeah. I mean, Bulgaria, Spain. <laughs> now, is that not a perfect example? Yeah. Of getting in front of the people. Right. And, and all these people signed up and now they get posts about everything else. No, but, those, but 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 what I'm saying is is that if you could strategically pinpoint and and learn how to write a, a blog post and optimize it perfectly, if you're reaching 500 people, you'll reach 50,000. That's how. That's the difference, right? Because Google is trying. The whole point is. If there's a question and you answer it, Google, the robot looks favorably on you. All you got to do is answer the question. And if you can answer the question and have your question optimized better than everybody else, you're going to be placed in front of the people who, who need that question answered, right? Like there are probably a lot of people on that clinical trial that could use some answers, right? And... I mean, there's just so many ways you could do it, right? But it's not easy. It ain't for everybody. And I'm, you know, I like I said, I I love, I'll sit there and I will learn things. It takes me forever to learn them. But I know that I want it to be hard because I know everybody else is not going to do it. And I know if I just work hard, I'm going to get through it and... When I do accomplish that learning feat, 
it's almost like it never happened. All that hard work and all that pain never happened because I know how to do it now. And I like to, I like to, uh, you know, one on one with you uh, after the broadcast if you're okay with that. Yeah. So, so what I do this is what I do. I will look at your website. I will look at your whole thing, and I just make you a video and tell you because I can, I can show you better than I can tell you. Okay. If we're sitting here back and if we're sitting here talking about it back and forth, you're gonna just we're just gonna be talking about it back and forth because <clears throat> you have not you you don't see what I see, right? Mm -hmm. And when I show you what I know and you see it, it blows people away because they never there are people out here who are successful. And I tell them, I'm like, you are successful. This this woman. <clears throat> That I'm dealing with. I did her TV show last night. <clears throat> Successful hustler. I mean, just beautiful woman. And I looked at her whole thing, just looked at her whole existence. And I said, You are successful off of just word of mouth. Like my brother, he has a successful dentist practice off of word of mouth. Because the internet is, the digital age is new. Right? I said, you are leaving so much money on the table. She's like, what do you mean? You didn't get offended. She got curious because I posed the question in another way. If I said, man, your website ain't hitting on nothing, she would have been like, whatever. She would have took it a different way. But not when I say you're leaving money on the table, that captures, that, that piques people's interest more than anything. And then once I make a video for them, they're hooked. And I've already done all the dirty work. Right. I've been down those those winding roads where it's like ain't nothing down, dead ends and all that. I've hit a million brick walls. Right. But there's always a way. There's always another way. And I find it. And once I put all this stuff together now and I'm still learning, but now I'm so I'm I'm so good at it that I can't even get to all of it. Right. And it has helped me stay relevant with one song for 30 years. <laughs> wow. I've been able to make a career off of one song for 30 years. What song is it? Wunk, there it is. Tag I don't know that I've heard it. You've heard Wunk, There It Is. You've heard it every baseball game. You probably just, it's subliminal. <laughs> Wunk, you, okay, so you remember the Geico commercial last year, uh, Tag Team Health Dessert Ice Cream? No. No. I don't watch, I don't watch a whole lot of TV. Okay, so... We had, like, in the peak of the pan pandemic, we had a national Geico commercial. And it was the right thing that everybody needed at the right time. Yeah, it was hilarious. And it is the biggest thing that I've ever done in my life, right? And it worked so well because I prepared because I'm an actor. And because at the beginning of the pan pandemic, everybody asked the same question, what the hell am I going to do? And I chose to reinvent myself with voiceover. Right, I do voiceover this week on NBC. Right, I'm that took me years. Right, and now I can't even audition for voiceover because now I'm on tour, and a lot of things I can't do in acting because of COVID because we have to take three COVID tests before we start before we go on set. Mm -hmm. So I can't do that because I'm on tour. <laughs> right. So now things are kind of getting they're kind of getting in the way of each other. Right. But I still manage them well and I still do the work. Right. And 
I mean, the SEO thing, I would never want to do this as a job. I just like to do it because it helps me get to the things that I really want to do in life. And then not only does it help me get to the things I want to do in life, keyword research helps me find things. And then I know that if it's number one on Google, it's valid. It's hard to find the truth these days. And I'm able to find the truth. And that makes my life so much richer and so much easier, right? Because there are certain rules that you got to follow to even get to that point to where your blog post is number one on a keyword that's getting 50,000 searches a month. It has to be optimized properly. It has to be relevant. Google knows all the tricks because it learned. It's a robot. It's AI. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here watching it. <laughs> I'm sitting here watching it before my very eyes. And, you know, when I tell, when I talk, I, I, I can't even talk to anybody about it. So that's why I like to get on these because I know that I've captured your interest. Mm -hmm. Because I see you, see you with a book and I just know you could do so much more. Right. I know there's there, it, just a couple simple little things that it's about how you, you know, understanding all of it together. I, it, I'm not going to say that it's easy. It, it, it burns me out. It seems like it's out. pretty simple, but it's not easy. Because uh, basically, it, if okay, I'm understanding, if I'm understanding you right, it's that you got to figure out the questions people are actually asking that you can answer or that your whatever that, answers. Exactly. And then you answer them like an encyclopedia. Yep. Right? Like every for like here's here's the, the new for every page that you write, <clears throat> like my brother's uh, dental site, his homepage, Glenn Smile Center, I'm writing three vocabulary pages, right, to have a reference for dentistry, Glenn Smile Center, and Aurora, Colorado, because that's where he's at. And those are three separate pages somewhere on the site, right? And they're going to be optimized, and then people are going to stumble upon those sites. But when they stumble upon those three vocabulary sites, they're going to click and link through to his main page. But then when people are on his main page, they're going to say, I want to know about more dentistry, or let me click this link, and they're going to go to those vocabulary pages. And what you do is you make a big circle. Mm -hmm. and you got all that juice flowing through your site then, they think that they're going outside their site, but they're staying inside your site. That means your site has got more value. You're getting more authority, right? And then you have references for all those from Wikipedia, Britannica, all those references. And that those references are from high authority domains like Amazon that should juice your site. Because your site is relevant to what all those entities are. So when I say entity building, I'm talking about attaching your site to already published Wikipedia pages mm -hmm. for authors. <clears throat> All the things that you do for every everything that you're talking about, every every word on your website is there a term that Wikipedia has wrote, written about? And if it is, you connect that to Wikipedia, then Wikipedia gives you back that love, and that's how you ride. It, there's so many ways to do it. There's so many, and it's it's just crazy because. I learn how to do all of them. And then I come, once I learn them, then I put my hustle to it because my hustle is something special. And because I just love to hustle. I've always hustled my whole life. But then it becomes custom to me, right? And not really anybody can do it. So it's like, 
I come up with different ways to do things that blow my mind. <laughs> not alone, not alone blow my mentor's mind and the people who taught me. They're like, man, you think so different. Like I would have never thought about doing it that way. I was like, yes. Right? But once you but it's almost like the game. When you know the rules, you become a master at that game. When you know all the plays, when you put when you put in all that work, watch your opponents, watch it, you know, learn from your opponents, know their traits, know what they're doing. Every day, if I'm redoing, I, I went, I know every dentist in Denver, Colorado. I know what every dentist website does in Colorado. And I know how to beat everyone. Because I studied all their websites. I know what I'm looking for. Are they answering questions? Are they are they providing this for their patients? Do they have a Google My Business page? How are they set up on their Google My Business page? Are they utilizing everything on LinkedIn? Are, are, are all of their profiles built out correctly? There are so many things that Google tells you to do and people don't do it. Like, do either of you have a LinkedIn built out thoroughly? Yeah, I have a LinkedIn page. I'm so I have, I have to be limited because I work for a, a banking institution and I have to be careful what I put on there. I mean, you don't have to put anything out read. You're putting in information about you. Right. Like you could fill out everything in LinkedIn, but it's about you. Not about your feelings, not about what you think about things. This is data. They can't get mad at you about data. Right? Now, if you start opinionating and doing stuff like that, that's a different story. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about data. We're talking about what associations are you in? Talking about have you volunteered? Are you in a nonprofit? Are you this? Are you that? All those things feed Google information about you. That goes Google goes out and gets all somebody might have did a review for you about your book and you never will see it because it's just out there in the air because they didn't optimize it right. But if you do your thing right, Google goes out and go gets all that and like, oh, I can put this with her. Okay, let me let me you they connect to the dots. Mm -hmm. And for me. This was the hardest part because I've got articles back before the internet. I've got so much stuff out there. I'm like, how do I corral all this and utilize it? It's got to mean something, right? And now I've been able to take all those entities and connect them. And now I get things and I make deals because people can find me, right? I called my Geico called my phone, right? And that's because I have another phone for tag team on the website. So they called that phone and they didn't wait. They called the next, they called the next thing, which was IMDB. IMDB, all my profiles are filled out. They call my agent. My <laughs> agent calls me. DC in the middle of pandemic. DC, you're uh you just booked a Geico commercial. I was like, don't play with me. I didn't even audition for a Geico commercial. Like, no, it's for tag team. I was like, oh, go check the phone. There's the message from Geico. I let my agent make the deal. Now I don't got to get lawyers and stuff. The synergy was bananas and is the most lucrative deal I have ever made in my life. And I am busier now than I was when I was a kid singing the rap song, Whoop, There It Is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's how you think about it. It's how you set yourself up. It's how you got to be able to be found. And if you can't be found, nobody can pay you. Right. 
So you got to be found. And the only way to be, to be found, if if I want to be found and I'm a plumber, well, then I better have be in front of the person where they toilet overflows and they got doo-doo everywhere. I better be the first person they call. That's you got to be on the first three pages of a search. Nah, the first. Top of the floor. I care less about the first. You're going to be, if you could be in the first five or six, cool. Right? But that's where the maps come in. That's where all these little things come in that Google provides you, but people don't fill out. So that's why people don't see them. I've never heard of it. See? There's yeah. there's there's something called JSON LD schema. You know where you look for, like a there's a pie recipe, right? You say, I want to learn how to make an apple pie. And you you type in apple pie, and there's a whole bunch of recipes. The recipe you pick is the one that got the video, got the five stars. Got how long it pretty much gives you the most information about that pie with the perfect picture. That's the laser pin in the cat. Gonna click it. That's called JSON LD schema structured data markup. If you don't have that on your website, it will not be seen. If you got a book and you don't got structured data markup on it, you will not be seen. If you trying to, if you got a business and you don't have structured data markup and let Google know that you're a local business, you will not be seen. Right, mm -hmm. you have to be seen in front of the people who can pay you. The only time for all this, the only time anybody goes to the second page of Google is when they're googling themselves. Or, or, <laughs> or if they can't find what they're looking for. Yeah. Right. Because that happens a lot. You might go three, four pages deep because you're like, man, I can't find. But just think if you if you were if you were the one selling those widgets and mm -hmm. you was on the first page because you knew that person was frustrated because nobody is answering this question. It's called the low-hanging fruit. So when I look at keywords, I'm taking the low-hanging fruit. Because it might be only 30 or 40. That's 30, 40 people that want that question answered. And then when Google sees that all those 34 people went to you and you did the question right. Then Google's gonna give you a hundred more uh, uh, keywords that are relevant. Mm -hmm. So instead of just one keyword for one thing because you did it good, you've got a hundred. Then you've mm -hmm. got three hundred. I've got right now. I think at the peak before the algorithm changed, we had two thousand taxing. We had two thousand keywords because the way I set it up like that. My brother's website had twenty-seven keywords. I was like, dude, you're a dentist. You could have two, three thousand keywords. Right, and mm -hmm. that's that's the that's the importance of keywords. Not that okay, you put a keyword in and then it's gonna no. The importance of keywords is racking them up, making them relevant, so you cover all the bases in that genre or in that area or in that that you know that field. Right, and you're the expert on it, and you're <laughs> ranked number one for 50, 50 different things because you optimize your site correctly. Same with YouTube videos. You can optimize a TikTok video correctly, right? There's like, I don't, when I do a post, I have software where it posts to every single social network and the message is simultaneously the same. And I get good responses from it, right? Because I'm not trying to do it to get likes. I'm trying to do it to get in front of the people who can pay me. So if I'm looking to get in front of all the casting directors in Atlanta for acting, well, then I know what they're looking for. They're up looking for looking on 
social media on Facebook at two o'clock in the morning, and I pop up in front of them because I know what they're looking for. They're looking for actors, <laughs> right? So why not be in front of the people who can pay you or put you in a position to get paid? And that's all I'm saying. It, and, and trust me, all of this is easy to done. It can be done. Be done, and I love to do it. So, well, if you don't mind, I'll be picking your brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And and um, it's it's you know, like I said, I really only have time to make video. And I'm behind on that. I have like five people videos, but when I do a video, it makes sense. And and you you just start getting curious. You know, it's very few people who can just take it and run with it. But I've done the guinea guinea pig work. I mean, I've been, I've been, I've, I've been thoroughly through the ringer with this. I'm about to go to bed now because I've been up since four o'clock this morning. Oh gosh, yeah, getting old sucks. You don't sleep good, do you? <laughs> I sleep very well. Right. I, I'm waking up all hours of the night, you know, not getting back to sleep. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it that that happens, but I just deal with everything, you know. It, it does suck to get up in the middle of. Like, it's like I get up at 3 o'clock every night, and this is like, can I just stay asleep? And then I have a sleep number, so it tells me when I'm getting up, when I'm restless, and I'm just like, okay. But then, hey, you know, we all going through something. Like, I've just, I've just had a back surgery, you know what I mean? But, hey, I keep it moving. You yeah. Know? Just got to, you got to gotta take care of yourself. You got to be healthy, and you got to have faith. You know, this is, this is, I thought of this today. Because I just think of things that I know will affect people. And I just was just thinking about negative things that are around or just, you know, people people look at me and, and I just like want to just tell them I will not lose to me. That's just how I... I I am not going to lose to me. I'm not. There might, there might be forces, life might throw something at me and knock me that, but I am not going to lose to me. What I mean by that is that I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to play offense, but I'm a, I don't give up. I will keep fighting till the end, right? Because I am not going to lose because of me. That's my affirmation now. Because no. I'm in this mastermind, they're like, what's your affirmation? I'm like, man, I don't got no affirmation. I'm, I hustle. Like, you got to have one. I, DC, Glenn, will do this and this and make this amount of money. I was like, man, I don't care nothing about that. I found it. I will not lose to me. <laughs> and if you think about it long enough, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you won't be your own worst enemy and be defeatist. Yeah, we, we sabotage ourselves. We the only, we're the only ones that have control over what we do. Right. I'm the only one that have control over what I put in my mouth. I'm the only one that has control over how I spend my time and utilize my time during the day. I'm the only one that has control over that. And even if there are circumstances that are being thrown at me, I'm still in control of how I even react to that. Right. Right. Because reacting to it can make it even worse. Mm -hmm. That's why I tell people, just don't react. Just put it in your pocket, breathe through your nose, five minutes, it becomes positive energy. Because you think about that negative thing that tried to stop you. Now it becomes your ally. 
because it didn't stop. My affirmation is just, I want to fulfill the purposes that God has for me in this life. And I love him and I want to share that with other people. Anyway. James mm. wants you to will. Yep. I, I used will to think that way. fulfill God's purpose in my life. I used to think that way. I used to tell my father that, right? And he was like, he, and he, he just, he just blasted me. He said, son, he said, of course you think that. You don't get your ass on that apple tree and nothing going to happen for you. And I remember that. I remember all those little wisdom things he told me, right? You can have it in your heart every day. You can, you can, it could be your, it, that could be what you want. But until you get up and go do it, it'll never happen. And I just try to make sure that anything that I say, I'm going to put forth the effort, make it realized, you know, and you just have to think differently to do it. It's not, there are nine different ways to do things, not just one that you see somebody else do. And you have to take it within yourself to find the people who can help you think differently. And then you take it from there. And then you've just created something brand new and it's custom to you. And you flourish because it's custom to you. It's just practical. Everything is practical. Yeah. Just keep it simple. But like I always say, it's easier said than done. But we get moving. But yeah. I only got an hour tonight. <laughs> that cool? That's all right. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure uh, Marlene wants to uh, get going too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, uh, definitely. Um... So, Bill, can you uh, can you connect yeah, yeah. us? Sure. I'll uh, I'll shoot an email out to uh, to both of you yeah. uh, here okay. and, uh, with the uh, with the links and everything to the show. And uh, okay. so you'll have the email address, and then I'll see. You know, I see what I can see, what I see, and then at least you'll get a full accounting of what you need to do. Yeah. Okay. For people who are doing things for you, you can ask them, start asking them questions. We're like, well, how come I don't have this? And well, you said you were going to do this, but this didn't. What's how come this is not there? And I can tell you what happens all the time, and people get defensive, and then I'm like, well, you can tell them to call me. <laughs> and <everything laughs> somebody does where they get mad because I don't told their client something and they call me and I end up teaching them how to do it and they are forever grateful like a lot of people want to take it the wrong way but you can't because I I'm relentless with this because what else is there what else is there but to be able to promote yourself to the world effectively you could do that. Any message you got, hope, love, faith, and get out to the masses. So why wouldn't I want to do something like that to where I can help people, Absolutely. right? Why wouldn't I, you know, and, and I'm just the type of person, I give what I want first, right? I give what I want first because I know that that has blessed me my whole life. And I don't expect nothing. No, it's, it's kind of hard because people try to help me and I'm like, I'm good. And rare that somebody, I, I say, wow, this person really wants to help me and I'm going to let them, right? Because I just, I love to help people. I'm so busy. Sometimes you got to let people, you got to humble yourself. So it blesses them. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a exercise. And, you know, I do a lot of things because I want it to be an exercise in humility, keeping me in check. You know, that's why I'm part of this mastermind, like 50 people. 
and we're reading uh, Think and Grow Rich. Okay. And it's irritating to me because it's like elementary school. <laughs> it's like I people be old and don't know how, don't know this already, right? But I can't be that way. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's a practice in humility. It's a practice in okay. This is not you taking over or just you know letting everybody know what you know. This is about listening. This is about being just observing and listening to people, right? And I've been in it four weeks. And this last week, the guy who's moderating it, he 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 had to go. And then we were just our group was left to ourselves. And I was like, hey, let me ask y'all something. <laughs> right. And we got a, we had a half hour. And I'm telling you, I changed their lives. Because I was like, we all in here. I said, why aren't we all helping each other? I said, we reading this book. And ain't nobody helping each other. It's like, you already know all this stuff in this book. Everybody already, we regurgitating stuff that we already know. What about the stuff we don't know? Somebody got to know. There's somebody, and out of these 50 people that know something I don't know that they can, they can tell me about. Why ain't we doing that, right? And it just inspired them. And they're just like, man. And then when we got back with the group, Every we were just so upbeat. And so, because that was the first time we got to talk amongst ourselves about why we're here. Right, but they got a curriculum, and when you go by the curriculum, it's boring, and it might not be practical for everybody. Yeah. So it just it it just interesting how I have to kind of submit. Yeah, to, I, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> you exactly. know. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and I have to, I have to submit so <clears throat> I can get to the and get the respect of the people to get in the position to help them. Because if I could just come in with guns blazing. They're gonna look at me like, who's this fool, right? But if I come in, if if, if you know, if I double dutch and play my cards right, somebody's gonna ask me a question and I'm gonna give them a good answer, and they I can see it in their eyes, right? So, like I said, I gotta go to bed, y'all. Please <laughs> okay. get in contact with me. I'm gonna look at your stuff yeah. and then I'll make your video. It's, it might take a minute, but I'm gonna do it for you. I promise. All right. Okay. No rush. And God bless you. God bless you. And thank you for having me on again, man. Hey, anytime. Got it. You guys have a good evening. You too. You too. Peace. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Um, Marlene, I hope. Uh, I hope you. Well, I hope you both had a had a good time. Um, let's see. Uh, any uh, any final words for the nice people? Read my book. Read your book. <laughs> <laughs> it answers all the questions. Yeah. Almost all the questions. The Victor, and uh, the, I'll have the link. Uh, I'll have the link up in the description, so uh, so people can find it pretty easy. And uh, okay, and we'll get uh, we'll have uh, DC's uh, links up there too, and uh, um, get that uh, get that going. Um, yeah, that's uh, I guess that's about it, except for the uh, except for the end credits, then. Okay. Um, Run the end running, credits. Running the end credits. <laughs> I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spot Productions. I'd like to thank my producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I am, of course, your humble host. I'd like to thank my special guests, DC Glenn and Marlene Jen Giron.
<laughs> if you feel so led, uh, support the show over on Patreon. We're under Bald Spots Pro. That's, the, of course, the name of the production company. Don't miss YWL Online. We air new episodes on Tuesdays and Saturdays. And, uh, of course, uh, tune in next time. Uh, Richard Blank will be back and Tony Jeaton Salimi. Please be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do to stay informed and kick that algorithm into gear so we can reach more people. Um, you know, especially sharing if you got something out of it. But uh, thank you all uh, for tuning in and uh, see you all next time. Bye.